0: Now, KMOX at your service. Welcome to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX.
1: Well, good morning. This is Jake Spurgeon here and I am filling in for Scott Mosby. He's going to take the day off. <laughs> but I am here to answer your calls that you have about your, your home improvements. And hopefully if you are doing improvements, you're staying out of the heat a little bit, or got them already done, because it's almost it's over past 11, and we want you to get those done before the heat of the day sets in.
2: It'd be a great day to work in the basement today, I it, think. It would be a great day to work <laughs> in a basement. <laughs> That'd be the, the perfect project for you, working in the basement today. Yeah. yeah, so if you want to call in and have your questions for Jake, you can call in 314-436-7900. We'll get you queued up for him.
1: Well, it's funny you mentioned lower levels and basements because... That's a great thing to think about right now for the colder months that will be here before we know it.
2: You know, I could plug you for questions about ours. (laughs) We have a walkout basement, and the back of it is framed instead of being concrete. Okay. And so we have some concerns about some water that may be getting in under that framing. I don't think there was any flashing put in there.
1: Well, that's not good.
2: Yeah, when the home was built. So, And I'm sure there's a lot of people in the St. Louis area with maybe construction that's been built in the last 10 years that have that problem. Do you see that? Quite frequently?
1: A little bit. Usually in that 10-year time frame, um, homeowners are not too concerned because it's a new home. They don't have a lot of concerns about it. But it's it's always important to, you know keep a look at around your property and, and make sure the space is, is uh, up to snuff.
2: Well, and I'm sure with the rain that we've had and the heat, what kinds of problems does that cause for homes?
1: Usually the rain, the biggest issue we're going to find is around windows that might be leaking, doors, basements are a big area. Uh, You just want to keep an eye on those spots and just make sure the flashing and caulking and everything that you have is, is, is good to go.
2: And when we talk about those kind of projects, is that something that the average homeowner can do or is that something that you need to call that professional in to do for you?
1: Sometimes it's something that you can address and you can take care of, but I always recommend to have a professional come out, take a look at it, and give their expert advice.
2: I wholeheartedly agree.
1: <laughs> Cuz there's
2: nothing worse than digging into a project and then you realize you are way over your head and maybe you've done more damage than was there in the first place.
1: Yeah. It's it's important to to really have the a, a team of individuals that have the right processes in place, they have the right experts come over, assess what needs to be done, and then and then go from there.
2: Now for you, Jake, what is your title and duties at Mosby Building Arts?
1: I am actually a designer and home consultant for Mosby. So if you uh, call us up and or have a project that you're thinking about or something you're concerned about that might be causing some damage in your home, or if you want to remodel a space and update it or add on to your home, I would be an individual that would come out, talk with you about the project, talk with you about what needs to be done, and then kind of Go over and, and create designs.
2: Okay. Well, if you have questions for Jake this morning, you can join us on the Gila Tech Home Improvement Show. 314 436 7900 is the number to call in and join us.
1: Well, we're waiting for your calls and we're really excited, but I, I would love to talk a little bit more about basements in a little bit and uh, see if uh, you guys have questions. Do call. But basements are a great space to, to finish and you know, create some additional square footage that you have in your home. Uh, When the wintertime comes and you're all kind of stuck inside, it's nice to, you know, create a a bar area or a lower-level theater, some fun stuff that you can do there.
2: You know, the one thing that I'm curious about when it comes to basements and codes around the St. Louis area, I've seen a number of pictures of families who have maybe put up walls but not put in any kind of drop ceiling, maybe they've painted the Mm -hmm. floor joists above them. Is that something that follows under code? Is that proper to do? Um, Is it ideal to do?
1: Well, a lot of individuals may not add a a finished ceiling in their basement, and it kind of gives that industrial look that individuals love.
2: It does. It's kind of a loft look, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But no, it is
1: okay to do that. You don't have to um, add a ceiling to a basement. What I see a lot of homeowners ask for, though, is a painted ceiling in the basement. You know, paint the the floor joists and the wires and the plumbing. And it's okay to do that, but you cannot paint the wires or the plumbing lines. That is what is is not allowed. Um, you need to be able to see those wires and the markings and the dates and the uh, specifications on those products.
2: I think a lot of people go into maybe restaurants or other spaces, commercial spaces, and they see everything mm-hmm. painted like that, and then they would assume they could do that in their own basement. So how do you mark those off so that you don't just wrap them up before yeah, you paint?
1: Usually most homeowners, we have to tell them that we have to mask off those areas so they don't get paint on them. And then when they find that out, they just decide either to not paint at all or to do a, a finished drop ceiling or drywall ceiling.
2: Because of the look of those exposed wires mm-hmm. and, and pipes. It's going to
1: ruin their look. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do have a caller, uh, Richard, who has a, looks like he has a plumbing question. Richard, are you there? Hello, Richard? Yes. How are you doing today, sir?
0: Just fine, sir, and how about you?
1: I'm doing excellent, staying cool in the indoors right now.
0: (laughs) I have a question about a code uh, on um, plumbing. I have a commode, of course, with the stack. Can I, I live, my house is on a slab, Mm -hmm. and I'm wondering if I can put a bathtub and contain it with the stack. That's already there. Is that not code? or
1: No, you can usually tie into uh, your toilet stack is going to be using the largest diameter waistline that you have in your home. And a, a tub or a shower is a, a little bit smaller. I think you're getting down to, I believe it's a two inch that that requires a shower. And then a tub, is an, inch, a tub is an inch and a half waistline. But no, you should be able to tie into that. But it, it depends on your, your municipality and what city you're in. But I would definitely check with, uh, usually your city hall will tell you what's going to be allowed and what's not going to be allowed.
0: That would be the way to go to find out that it would be allowed, you know, that I could do it.
1: Mm -hmm. Correct. Because if you're going to tie into that, that, that's a permitted project. So you would need to typically have a licensed plumber do that work.
0: Yes, yes. And it'd be tearing the floor up, of course, with the slab being on concrete.
1: Yeah, correct. You're going to have to tear some of that up and lay those waistlines and then patch it over again.
0: All right, sure. Thank you
2: very much.
1: Well, great. Thank you, Richard. I appreciate it. Bye-bye.
2: Well, if you want to join Richard, if you have questions and if you want to talk basements, this summer's a good time to do that. 314 436 7,900 is the number to call to join Jake Spurgeon with Mosby Building Arts and um, get your questions answered. This is a great time to get free advice.
1: Yes, we love (laughs) it.
2: (laughs) You know, what do you see the biggest problem for basements when people want to remodel them or or put additions down in a basement?
1: Uh, One of the the number one problems we have is individuals have to keep in mind for code purposes, we always do have to add, at least in St. Louis County, an egress window. That is required for um, escape in a fire or to have firemen get into the space. Your main staircase is not enough, and individuals forget that when they're doing design. That the little hopper windows they have is all they need.
2: It's not too complicated, is it, to add one of those? No,
1: not at all. Usually, uh, we you can it's usually create a window well, and you know, cutting a larger hole in the foundation and putting that window in. It adds a ton of sunlight and to the space and makes it feel more open and 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 warm.
2: Does that create any water problems for your basement?
1: Typically not. Um, we always will, if you don't have an existing perimeter sump pump system in your property that we can't tie into, we would put a well pump or a, a one that's in the window well that then pumps any water that might get in there to the exterior.
2: Well, Jake, we need to take a break, and hopefully we'll have some folks call us with more of their questions. 314-436-7900. I'm Megan Lynch, along with Jake Spurgeon with Mosby Building Arts on the Gila Tech Home Improvement Show.
0: Welcome back to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, once again, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX.
2: KMOX Newstime is 1118 and you're not hearing Scott Mosby, are you? It's Megan Lynch and I am joined by Jake Spurgeon of Mosby Building Arts and we can take your calls at 314-436-7900.
1: Well, we're going right, to hop right to the lines right here. We have Hazel and she is calling about some concrete cutting, it looks like. Hazel, you there? Hello, Hazel. How are you doing today?
3: Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I'm on a cell phone, and it just disconnects sometimes. <laughs> okay. Uh, my question—I'm so not hanging up on you. We'll just be disconnected. My—I uh, want—I uh, was wondering if you would think it would be dangerous to have uh, go. Have someone go uh, cut through our concrete in our lower level. I want two windows put in so we can— uh, Bed as bedrooms, if we ever go to sell,
1: correct. Uh, when you anytime you finish a basement, you have to have that egress window. Um, yes. and then for bedrooms, you do need that egress in that bedroom space. no, it's right, not right. it's not unsafe to do. It is actually you do have to have that engineered or have an engineer architect take a look at that because, yeah, they yeah. do have to put in like a lintel or sometimes a steel beam to support yeah. the concrete and the, the first floor and maybe second floor above that. So do oh, okay. do get some expert advice because if it's not done properly, it's gonna yeah, create dangerous. Some ma- it's gonna create some yep. major problems for you.
3: Yeah, that's what I'm afraid of. And and you're doing a lot of work on one of my neighbors' homes, so I thought <laughs> maybe I'll just run over there and see what you're doing. Yeah. You can definitely yeah.
1: um if uh, you can stop by the I don't know how well you know your neighbor, but you can ask for the when the project manager stops by to come take yeah, a visit. I or will. Yeah, you can call our office, and one of us are happy to come out.
3: Yeah, I'm just very curious. I've always wanted. I wanted when we had the house built 34 years ago. I wanted windows put in there, and my husband said, "No, we'd use too much electricity." Blah 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 blah. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I want the windows.
1: Yeah, and what's so, funny? What's funny is newer homes nowadays. If you build a basement you mm-hmm. have to have an egress window. They will automatically See? put one in. It's
3: yeah. the way it should be. Mm-hmm. Besides, it's beautiful, and to look out, we have woods, and it's very nice. Oh, well. <laughs> anyway, thank you. I might run over to where you're doing all that work. Uh, okay.
1: Thank you, Hazel. I appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate the call.
3: Thank you. Bye-bye.
1: Well, Hazel has a, had a great question there. You You do need to get some expert advice if you are thinking about adding an egress window. There has to be permits are pulled for that. You have to get an usually an architect or an engineer involved because you have to show calculations to the local city hall or municipality on what you're doing and you know what's the floors above and steel beam or lintel or something usually has to go in. So that's really important to keep in mind. We're going to move right through here. Next we have Ron calling. He is asking about the clearance code of a toilet. Ron, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. How you doing, Ron? Doing fine. Wait, Thanks got... for taking my call. You're welcome. It looks like you have a question about your uh, clearance code for a toilet.
0: Yeah, we we're doing a little remodeling in the bathroom, and I wanted to make sure that uh, uh, when I put in a new vanity, I hit enough clearance between the side of the vanity and the toilet. I think there's a code that uh, specifies what that what that distance should be.
1: Yes, minimum code for a toilet space. We'll call it is actually 30 inches. That's three zero, um, two and a half feet. I always like to usually get that up to 36 if we can, but if you want to get the minimum space, that's 30 inches.
0: Okay, and it's uh, county code?
1: That Yeah, that's actually international building code, which is yes, okay. county, St. Charles, St. Louis, all the areas.
0: Okay, yeah. well, that answers that. I appreciate it.
1: You're welcome, nice easy question. Thank you, Ron.
0: Yeah, thanks Jake, bye bye.
1: Okay, and then next we have Harry. He is calling about gutter guards. Um, Harry, are you there?
0: Yes, yes. How are you doing, Uh, sir? Fine, fine, thank you. Thank you for your program. Uh, uh, I have these little plastic gutter guards on there now with little holes in them. They don't seem like they do the good uh, job, and I've seen... Or heard about some of these other guards, and I was wondering uh which would be uh, the best for for the gutters
1: well, usually they have a couple different brands out there um Mosby has a couple ones that we usually recommend that we can you know kind of show you how they work and what the maintenance uh, of them is The mm-hmm. ones that you might refer to that you have the kind of plastic ones or it's kind of a mesh that's up there
0: yes yes that's yeah it it they just
1: don't seem to do the job. Yeah, uh, they do work, but they those large holes, the helicopters get caught in them. I used to have them on a, a past house, and it was right. annoying to get up there and clean off those yeah. those little maple tree helicopters that I
0: had. I know what you're saying. Yes, exactly.
1: But, yeah, uh, usually gutter helmet is one, and then there's another one that usually it looks like a, a window screen that we usually recommend at Mosby that goes over that gutter and... Mm-hmm. Um, that one usually we find works the best,
0: so I could call your uh, company and uh, and they could they give me more inf- give me the information I need yeah. what I'm trying to say yeah
1: absolutely yeah. our our uh, our uh, client experience coordinators in our office are happy to take calls and and answer questions as well Monday through Friday
0: okay, very good sir well, thank th- you
1: Thank you Harry I appreciate the call Let's
2: you say- bet.
0: Thanks.
2: Bye. And if you uh, want to call in and have your questions asked, 314-436-7900, 1-800-925-1120, the lines to call in and be part of the Tech Home Improvement Show.
1: Good show. Well, that was a, a it's a good always to keep in mind that, you know, fall is going to be here before we know it and those gutters will clog up fairly quickly. And it's when they get clogged, they create more issues, foundation issues, um, waterproofing on the exterior of the home, just having just that water on the outside of the house can create havoc if, if we it's not controlled and, and remedied.
2: How many of us have thought your gutters were fine and then there's a downpour and you see crazy things happening, mm-hmm. you know, coming from your gutters, it's gushing out the side instead yep. of coming down the spout and mm-hmm. and then you can't get out there and fix it right then, of course.
1: Yeah, you can't. If, sometimes if you have a ranch home, you can quickly get out there with a ladder. <laughs> um, hopefully it's not a metal ladder. But uh, and be able to uh, you know unclog that gutter pretty quickly. But it's you know I usually I if I didn't ha- when I don't have gutter guards on past homes I've always gone up there usually during the Christmas season or the holiday season putting lights on the house and would clean out the the gutters at that time. That's a good idea. Yeah, but I am a big fan of gutter guards because it's you don't have to ever maintain it.
2: And then hopefully you don't have those foundation problems from having water that's not getting cleared away from your foundation.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, correct. And then you got leaky basement and then there's problems from yeah. there. <laughs> well, next we have another caller, Tom. He is asking um, about some bathroom tile questions. Tom, are you there? Yes. Yeah. How are you doing today, sir?
0: Fine, thank you. I, I have a, uh, a bathroom, a tile in the bathroom that's probably 55 years old. And it's in very good shape. The only thing is that you know between the lines, uh, it, it gets dirty. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, it's like one-inch squares, two-inch squares, and one-by-two squares <laughs> mm-hmm. in a random pattern. Yep. What's the best way to kind of clean that out and make it look kind of white again?
1: Yeah. So I will tell you what it sounds like in it with. or 60-year-old bathrooms, the the material that's in between the tiles is not actually a grout. It's actually concrete a lot of times. So once that stains, it's very difficult to get clean. So we usually recommend an acid-clean product. Sometimes home home stores carry it. Sometimes they don't. it's kind of a diy thing that you can do i would just really follow the manufacturer's directions um but it's it is possible to get it a little bit cleaner but it's never going to look brand new Mm -hmm. because it's not about
0: vinegar vinegar
1: uh you could use that but i just don't think that's going to be strong enough
0: okay all right yeah because it's Scratching these things clean it. <laughs> with this random pattern it'd be a son of a gun.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's it's gonna take a long time. But it, you know, it's depending on the size of the bathroom, it can have a big impact to kind of yeah. get it as, as fresh looking as possible.
0: And do you have to go over it with grout afterwards or
1: No, usually that acid cleaner will just kinda it's kind of eating away any dirt that might be stuck in that concrete or grout and it okay. kind of brings it back to the what it would be as clean as it can. And then I would recommend sealing it also.
0: Mm-hmm. What, uh, like if you go to Home Depot, what what, what would you ask for?
1: Usually it's going to be in the in the tile section where the grout and grout cleaner is. They're going to yeah. have usually an acid clean there that you can purchase. Oh, okay. Yep.
0: All right.
1: All right, Thank Tom, you. I appreciate your phone call. We're going to take a break here on the Gila Tech Home Improvement Show. I appreciate your calls, and uh, we'll get right back to you. Welcome
0: back to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, once again, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX.
2: Well, actually, no Scott Mosby. It takes two of us to fill in for him, though, apparently. I'm Megan Lynch, along with Jake Spurgeon with Mosby Building Arts, and he's really the expert today that is handling your questions. You can join us at 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120.
1: Well, we're going to go right to the phones because we have quite a list of individuals waiting to chat with us. Next, we have Mary, and she is asking some questions about a wheelchair lift, it seems. Mary, are you there?
3: Yes, I am. I have a
4: seven-year-old atrium ranch, walkout, basement, drywall ceiling, finished. I'm interested. um, I need to put a hospital bed down in the middle of it, the that I guess I'm, Hoyer lift I'm talking about, goes to the ceiling. And it's like one you see in a hospital that lifts up the patient from the bed to the chair. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if there's any special things that have to be done um, to install one of these.
1: Yeah, typically the big thing to have those put in is it's going to need some anchor points and ceiling joists that it can okay. attach to. It, it's not something that you can just use drywall anchors and then and, and go to town. It, it needs to be really attached to some studs sometimes depending on the system it could need additional blocking in the ceiling wood blocking that it can hold on to um and in some cases steel um so i would definitely you know have an expert take a look at the 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 product and and take a look at the manufacturer's recommendations to get that put in for you
4: okay that's all i needed to know hope that helps mary
1: (laughs) Well, next we have Paul, and Paul is calling and has some questions on some painting. Are you there, Paul?
0: Yes, sir. How are you Glad doing? to talk to you this morning.
1: Yeah, how are you doing, sir?
0: Um, not real good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what can we help with?
0: I removed a closet out of a room, and one, the, one room had this swirl-textured paint in it. Ooh. throughout. It's like a half-circle swirl with high ridges in it. Mm-hmm. And this closet that I took out had sand finish in it, Aha! Uh-huh. and there's no way I'm going to ever match them up, I don't think. I've uh, tried it's... drywall mud and stuff, and I'm trying to find a texture that I can add to paint and try to go over the whole ceiling to hide some of this.
1: To hide some of it, yeah. It's those swirled textures and those heavy popcorn ceilings, we call them sometimes, are almost impossible to match 100%. <laughs> You can yeah. get really, really close, and hopefully no one looks at it yeah. <laughs> and notices yeah, the well. difference. But an easy thing to maybe try is sometimes you can laminate over the ceiling with quarter-inch drywall and do yeah. the whole room if it's not too big. And yeah. that you might, and then you have smooth ceilings in there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so well, that, that, I hated to do that, but yeah. I was trying to find some texture, and I thought they always made texture other than sand, but apparently I'm not able to find anything anymore. Yeah.
1: They do have some. The only things I'm familiar with that are usually for just kind of small patch areas is I believe I've had an individual in the past, a painter, do this on some holes in my walls and stuff that I needed repaired, Um, Mm -hmm. was to, it's an aerosol can that it comes in like an orange peel texture as a knockdown texture and then kind of a popcorn ceiling texture, heavy, heavy texture. Mm -hmm. Those are usually going to be in kind of the, your paint stores or your painting departments in your home stores. You You might want to take a look at those and see if that can kind of help you out.
0: Well, it's a ten by twelve room, so I don't know if I
1: can. <laughs> you might need a couple cans.
0: <laughs> yes, I think I would. A, a so. good,
1: and I'll tell you, a good—I am not a—you a, know—I'm not a painter myself, but a good paint store can really point you in the right direction um, and okay. kind of what products to use and what direction to go.
0: Well, I went to a paint store and they gave me some cards, and so far nobody's called me back. Uh. <laughs> so.
1: Well, Paul, if you're in the St. Louis area, there's uh, Mosby you can definitely do that type of work for you. Um, or we can advise you to somebody that can, either way.
0: Okay. Well, I'm in, in the Fountain area around Gravelite Bluffs.
1: Okay, great. Well, yeah, give us a call and we can, we can definitely help you out. Okay. All right. Thank you, All Paul. Right. I appreciate the call.
0: Okay, thank
2: you.
1: Those textured ceilings can be a nightmare yeah, that's... to patch in. Yeah,
2: well, and to scrape them, I, uh, I can't imagine the mess of scraping one of those popcorn ceilings off.
1: It, it, it is, I had um, one time, um, my wife and I decided to remove a textured ceiling in a house that we owned. And it is important, by the way, um, service announcement, to have it tested actually, because it was put in prior to 1975. It could have asbestos on oh, okay. it. okay. So that's, you got a health concern here. Um, so do take a piece and have it tested. Most home stores or environmental companies you can look in the yellow pages. Can you can drop off a piece and they'll have it tested for you, and it's really inexpensive to do that. Um, that's one thing to do. Another thing, what we did is actually we took a shop vac and just kind of heavily scraped and vac. We duct taped a scraper to the end of a shop <laughs> vac. I love it. And scraped the <laughs> to keep the mess to a minimum because we were living in the house at the time. Oh, but okay. it was it was the ceiling looked great afterwards. But it was an undertaking.
2: I can, I can only imagine. Yeah, we've got the sand swirl ceilings, but they're real subtle. So they're a little bit easier to patch. You know, yeah. not, not as big of an issue as, as some of them are.
1: Yeah. Well, we appreciate uh, all of our callers. And hopefully the next couple that we have on hold can wait for just a little bit. We're going to take a break here on the Helitech Home Improvement Show. Thank you. Welcome back. To the Gila
0: Tech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, once again, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX.
2: Well, Scott Mosby has taken some time off, so his associate Jake Spurgeon with Mosby Building Arts is in here to take your calls this morning, and you can join him and ask your questions at 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120.
1: Well, we're staying cool in the studio here, but we uh, have a couple individuals in line for questions. So let's get right to it. We have Janet here and she has some questions about her concrete driveway. Janet, are you here? Yes. How are you doing today? Um, okay, how are you? I'm doing great.
4: Good. Um, we had a concrete driveway poured about 15 years ago and mm-hmm. we've had problems with it ever since. It was spalling and they came out and they resurfaced it with something. And that's falling off, and we've got cracks in it. And I was just wondering, we would like to go to that exposed aggregate look. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I I was wondering if it would be better to just tear the whole driveway out and start over again, or you see those ads that come through in home magazines and stuff to put the, the exposed aggregate coating on top. I just didn't know since we're having such an issue with um, the driveway already if that would be... A good thing to
1: do yes you can you know those companies that do do that but I always ask you know how long do you want it to last
4: forever <laughs> forever then you need to take it out <laughs> okay okay <laughs> um, yeah, I, ha- I don't want to have to go through this again yeah
1: it, here's my concern is if it's if it's not if it's not you know behaving like it should be from the beginning then I have concerns that how was the gravel base under the driveway done how did that company do it what what else did they not do correctly Okay, that is is cause is would cause problems even with your new resurfaced driveway. But I love the aggregate look. Um, always keep in mind you do have to have those sealed. Aggregate driveways do have to have, be sealed. I have one myself. Um, they look great. They hide dirt really well. Um, it always kind of looks clean. But,
4: how um, how often do you have to seal
1: them? Um, I believe the the. The product, um, most of the sealers are about a couple years, and it's pretty, okay. it's DIY. It is, you know, get a bucket and a, a roller with a, a handle on it, and you're just kind of going to town. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, so you Super, don't have to have a
4: company come out and do it or anything. Yeah,
1: usually the company that's going to pour your aggregate driveway, for example, they will do that first sealer, and you can have them come out and do it again every couple years. Oh, okay. They might need it, but it's it's pretty DIY.
4: Okay, um, can you recommend a concrete company since we didn't do so well on the first pick?
1: Um, yeah, my favorite um, that Mosby actually uses all day long for our Flatwork Driveways Patios Foundation is B&W Concrete. They've been in St. Louis for quite some time.
4: b and W. B
1: and w They are fantastic. Okay. They, they pour concrete to, you know, have it perform the best that it can under the best circumstances. And okay. um, it, they just do fantastic work.
4: And and where are they located? Do you know? I believe I mean, they're located. Know,
1: they're located in southern um you know, southern St. Louis County.
4: Okay. Yep. Very good. B and
1: W. They do great work.
4: Okay. All right. Thank you so much.
1: Well thank you, Janet, for the question. I appreciate it. And next on the line we have Larry and he has a question about uh let's see, uh, some fireplaces, it seems.
0: Good morning.
1: Morning, sir.
0: Hi. Um so here's my question. Uh, hold on. Yeah, we have a a twenty-seven-year-old heatulator wood-burning fireplace. Mm-hmm. It was builder's grade, um, and it doesn't throw out any heat at all, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're looking to see what would be a an effective way to replace that fireplace, and we may want to redo the front as well because there's some tile there that. We are wanting to replace. Do you have any recommendations on which way to go? We've we've gone to some of the fireplace stores, and they're really interested in selling us the gas fireplace logs. But we're interested in staying with the wood burning, Mm -hmm. and just need your thoughts on that or any recommendations for economical, efficient way to replace.
1: Yeah usually the bet the only way that you're gonna have heat come off of a, a traditional wood burning fireplace is if it the box itself has a blower built into it. Um and that's the one thing about it. I usually if you want the most efficient to heat the room and also look good is the the gas direct vent. And I know you're not a big fan of the gas, but it's it usually is the best way to, to heat the space and have the least amount of maintenance.
0: Okay. Um if my wife was very, very uh, interested in in, in the, the wood fireplace more than the heating of the room, uh, any suggestions?
1: Well, yeah, you can actually put in a, um, not a direct vent, because a direct vent is a sealed unit. You can't actually access it because it's pulling outdoor air in for combustion and then exhausting the uh, fumes from that combustion. The a true if you want that roaring fireplace look that you would get with a wood, then usually just a, a gas log set is going to be the best way to create that look and get heat off of it as well. Okay. Hopefully that helps yeah. you, sir. Yeah,
0: good. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.
1: I appreciate the call, Larry. Bye. And next we have on the line here is Jim, and Jim has some painting questions. Jim, Jim are you there, you
0: there with, with us? us?: Yes, I am. Well, well, you, you,
1: you have, have a, a question, question on some uh, lead paint. It seems.
0: Yeah, I think there might be lead paint in my house. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was built back in 1943, um, and I was wondering: can you take latex paint and just go over top of it to like seal it in place, or do you have to actually remove that paint before you start painting?
1: Yeah, I, you can actually um, you can actually paint over it. Just do not uh, sand on that paint. Um, okay. And you can actually go to the home store and buy lead uh, kits. They're like little vials that you would have to take a razor knife on the painted surface and, and cut through it and actually dab this, you know, it's got a felt tip on it and it'll change colors if there's lead paint in it. And if it does have lead, then you just paint right over it. I don't do any sanding or anything on it because then you're just kind of creating that lead dust in your home and that's, that's not good to do at all.
0: Okay, and... We both have a mutual friend, so if you get a moment, if you could give me a call on my cell phone, it's the line I'm talking on right now. If you could give me a call, I'd like to give you some information.
1: Okay, Okay. that would be great. All right,
0: thank you, Scott.
1: Thank you, Jim. Have Have a good good one. one. And that was a great question that he had there about lead paint. It's uh, any home that's actually built prior to 1978 also is typically you're going to have um, is a possibility that there could be lead paint in that home. Even though lead paint hasn't been manufactured for some time, a lot of stores had it on the shelves and it was getting picked up by contractors and being used. So it's, it's important to, before you start sanding on any wood surfaces, to test it
5: just to be sure. Um, that's the most important thing to do. Well, Jake, I'm jumping in here with you after hey, yeah. uh, Megan stepped out, <laughs> Alex Ferrario with you. But uh, I, I have a question for you. I was yeah. listening on my way down here. What, what's the majority of phone calls you guys get at Mosby Building Arts when it gets this hot out? Uh, typically, the big questions we get are not HVAC
1: questions, mm-hmm. but we get a lot of questions on um, additions. Yeah, the Individuals, they're kind of it's kind of like the wintertime. You're indoors for a long time, mm-hmm. and we want to um, create some more space. Or if individuals have a patio that has no shade cover <laughs> yeah. or to create some type of, you know, pergola or covered space with uh, that creates some shade, maybe with some fans to kind yeah. of get some air
5: moving. That seems to be the go-to, right, when it gets this hot out. People want the shade and they're, out, and they're out, in the outdoors. Yeah. They want to be out there. They want to get the shade no matter what. Correct. Well, that's the way to go, I guess. Why not try and find some way to get shade going on? Uh, I also was hearing you guys talk about the popcorn ceiling mm. and... That one intrigues me because I have popcorn ceiling, and that is just a pain in itself. (laughs) It is repairing it, maintaining it.
1: It collects dust. It's, (laughs) it's. It was a method to so you could not have um, drywall cracks in your ceiling and everything. This kind of covered up that. But I think products nowadays have come to a much better state that a smooth ceiling will not crack. I got you. Yeah, now that we have humidifiers in our houses and it, we can keep that constant humidity and temperature inside, it's we're going to usually, those flat ceilings will work. As long as we're staying away from the popcorn ceilings, that's all that I care about yeah. in those houses.
5: We don't. I mean, usually,
1: <laughs> in a new build or in a home remodel, we're always going to
5: recommend scraping those ceilings off. That's awesome. Again, Jake Spurgeon here in studio along with Alex Ferrario, Mosby Building Arts. You can give us a phone call 314-436-7900 if you have questions for Jake. Any home improvement questions, it's the Helitech Home Improvement Show. We have a couple more minutes before the top of the hour, so bring your questions out to us as we have a caller on the line, Jake, that I believe has a question about how to keep their drains open.
1: Yeah, we have uh caller is, uh, I'm going to butcher her name probably, but is uh, Teresa? 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 It's Teresa. real
3: simple, Teresa. Oh, sorry.
1: <laughs> I think it might be spell- spelled correctly on my, or incorrectly on my screen here.
3: So, anyway, how are you Jake, doing today? I'm good. How are you, Jay?
1: I'm doing great.
3: I have a real simple question. I have heard Scott talk on his show more than once, more than twice about using a certain amount of RIDEX at certain intervals to keep your, your drains clean and open? Correct. And now, can you please tell me how much and how often?
1: How much and how often? I do know that you can use the rid to keep your drains clean, even if you don't have a septic system. Right. I do not 100% remember what that ratio is. Yeah.
3: Okay, um, I don't either.
1: I, I usually want to say that he just recommended to follow the manufacturer's recommendations on the packaging. Um, and then usually it's a once a year thing. He usually says to do.
3: Oh, but just once a year. That's I, all. I
1: think it's just once a year, but I I'm going to have to double check with him on that.
3: Okay. All right. Um, I wonder if I can just email, um, y- your your office and if they can tell me.
1: Yeah, you can email the office, and he will probably have Scott reply
5: personally.
3: <laughs> okay, that's what I will do. I will email the office.
5: <laughs> okay. Thank you so right. much, Teresa. Okay. So, Jake, uh, what's the phone number for everybody if they're out there listening to call uh, Mosby Building Arts to get a hold of you guys? Yeah, our, our offices are located in Kirkwood. Our phone number
1: is 314 909. Eighteen hundred. That's one eight zero
5: zero. And everybody always talks to Scott Mosby usually here on the weekends, but a day off and uh, get a hold of somebody over at Mosby Building Arts with any types of questions. And that's kind of what this show is for, right here to, to bring your questions to everybody, right? Yeah, absolutely. And also, if
1: I always like to remind individuals, if you do not like to pick up the phone, you can email us. You can go to our website and contact us through there, or you can actually text our office oh, number. Okay. Yeah, so we, we go. We love technology at Mosby. We're pretty tech-savvy with iPads and our computers and kind of paperless. But I, I, I love to tell individuals you can text our office at that 909-1800 number, and it's it's great to have a little text
5: conversation. There you go. Text, email, or phone call. You can get a hold of the guys at Mosby Building Arts. Uh, Randy's got a question for you, Jake, about lead paint. Randy, we got about a minute left.
3: Oh, I was just going to say
0: that there's a product made by Inselects I N S L Dash X called lead block and you can just paint right over everything that's existing and it'll seal that lead paint up for you so you don't have to worry about abatement and removal. Yeah, that's a
1: fantastic suggestion. I appreciate that, Randy. And it's great to it, it's I love that we're we're talking about that lead paint because it can be a big deal if you yeah. if, if if it's not taken care of, if you have kids in the house especially it can cause some traumatic health effects.
5: Have you seen that before where problems come in with lead paint? Uh,
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's important as, you know, part of Mosby's process and, you know, following the EPA regulations is to test for lead. And if it's there, just address it and and cover it or remove it properly. According to regulations. We
5: got a lot more questions rolling in. Darren has a question about stoves. Darren, how are you?
0: Good. Hey, I have a, uh, I've got a buck stove fireplace. And it was my understanding that, you know, with a buck stove, you could stoke, stoke the fire up, close the door, leave the bottom vents open, and it would burn all night long. Correct. No, no matter what I do, doesn't seem to, uh, when I close that door, it just snuffs the, the fire out.
1: Yeah. The, um, I actually have one of those myself. Um, the way that we keep ours going is it usually has a damper at the bottom below the door that you can open. Some of them do. Does yours?
0: Uh, it's got, uh, yeah, there's a damper there. I keep it open all the time, but it doesn't seem to do any good.
1: Yeah. The way to keep the fire going is to close the damper about to 90% that's in the flue, that damper. And then the one that's kind of at the doorway, you can usually, you can crack the door a little bit to create minimum draw in there. It's got to have a little bit of oxygen to keep that fire going.
0: Yeah, I usually, but like I said, when we go to, you know, stoke it or, and want to go to bed at night. You know, I want to close that door all the way. The only way it seems to burn is if I leave that door cracked.
1: Yeah, some of those stoves have a vent somewhere that you can open up to kind of get a little bit of air in there without keeping the main door open. They're all, every one is different, and it kind of depends on the on the product.
5: Darren, thank you for the phone call, sir. We have a couple more on the line, but we have to take a break for the top of the hour news. It's Jay Spurgeon in here of Mosby Building Arts, and we will be back after this on KMLX.